This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy Odd, along with Henry Hayes, talking some hoops, some NBA hoops. And thank you, thank you. The postseason has arrived. Even the NBA, as sort of out of touch with their customer base at times can be, they acknowledge it as well with some of their marketing, saying it's different. What's, what's Henry? What's the slogan now for the postseason in the NBA? Uh, I think it's 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 just different, something like that. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's a world of difference. I mean, and, yeah. and and to the downside, we saw some key injuries are uh, a big part of the opening weekend. I always love the opening weekend because we turn the page, and I've said it. Yes, the NFL and college basketball, and the whole. There's not a sport where there's a bigger difference, a bigger transition from the regular season and to the postseason. And now, with the regular season kind of meaning less and less and less, load management, tanking, seeding, who cares? We're Golden State. We're going to take the sixth seed and just roll through. Or the Lakers deciding to try and play with three weeks left of the season to get into the play. I mean, even the NBA with their slogan. But damn it, that was some good basketball uh, this past weekend. Two duds. I thought Charles Barkley was going to be the prophet, but no, no, Charles, he can't cash a ticket <laughs> too soon. But those five in between, games three through seven, were unbelievable, Henry, and where the NBA postseason is sort of predictable, man, uh, it was nothing but uh, this past weekend. Well, I've been following this, Jimmy, for about 35 years, and I always contend that you know these are the best athletes in the world, uh, size, strength, speed, et cetera, and they're going – at it 110% every play, which, you know, look, 82 games is too long. Nobody can hold up and do that. So this is when the money's on the table. Um, every, and they're playing for everything right now, and you could see it. Like the flip, it's it gets yeah. switched. And, um, you know, it's interesting too, Jimmy, to your point about the other sports, uh, there are actually very few teams in the tournament now in the NBA that are, that are the same. Think about it. You know, Durant hasn't really seen a lot of the teams they're going to be in a Phoenix uniform because they just haven't played much. The Lakers have a, a few pretty big moves that change their, their bench guys dramatically. Even a team like Milwaukee, you know, puts a Jay Crowder in their lineup. Uh, so it, it's different. I mean, if they've played these guys in November, December, even January, these are different rosters. Um, and so that, what, that's, that, that makes it more intriguing. Uh, and every possession counts. So that was all full display yesterday. And how about it, uh, of all players – I can't feel my arm. Anthony Davis playing through some pain? Huh? I mean, that was a mad rush when you could read, you can obviously read his lips. 
um, for some reason, you know, that over time, as a sideline reporter, your number one goal is injury updates. Well, we had to go to Twitter to get injury updates that he would return before the ABC crew. I think it was Lisa Salters uh, doing the, uh, the the courtside uh, reporting there. But, I mean, come on, give us something because it was people were just Memphis, 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 Memphis. It went from minus two and a half in game to minus eight and a half thinking that he was not going to return. He took more of a passive approach, but he did come in there and they don't win it. They don't win it with uh, without him being in that game uh, yesterday. But he played through that pain. Now we got to look at Giannis. That was like a balloon being deflated with the team and in the crowd. Uh, and then also, of course, John Morant, who we've seen this team win without John Morant. But in the postseason, they lean on him way more than they do in the regular season. That was an ugly, ugly fall on his right shooting hand as well. Yeah, and he, this is the same wrist, Jimmy, that he's, he banged up about three weeks ago. So I, I, don't, I think x-rays were negative, meaning he didn't break it. But that's a type of injury that you know, all that flexion in his right wrist, being a right-hander, um, if he plays in game three, I don't think he's going to play in game two. But you know, the Lakers will probably dare him to shoot uh, the three because that, that's what goes when your wrist is hurt, is any sort of accuracy on, on your range. Um, and look, this is the way Ja plays. It, it reminds me of a young Dwayne Wade, uh, Allen Iverson, where these guys are they're undersized relative to the rest of the league, and they just attack the basket, and they, they don't apologize, which means it's only a matter of time before they're going to get dinged up. And Morant's smaller than both those guys I just mentioned. So, um, you know, he, he plays that way, plays fearless, and it caught up to him. Now, the difference with this group, Jaron Jackson Jr. has really developed into – Probably one of the one of the biggest superstars that the league doesn't talk about enough. I mean, when he's going and last night, you know, thirteen to twenty-one, he, you know, thirty-one points. They couldn't stop him. Um, but you know, they're going to need more than that. Back to Davis for a second, Jimmy. You forget, you know, because the injuries obviously are the story with him. But you forget seven block shots. His ability as a defender doesn't get enough credit because he does change the game. And last night, clearly seven blocks. That changed the way Memphis was attacking the rim, and it it is a game changer. So, you know, this Laker team really did – you have to tip your hat to their front office because they really changed in midstream, which is hard to do, their persona, which is, look, since the trade deadline, they're a top three defensive team in the league. And so they get after you. If you, if you don't get them in transition, you let that defense set in the half court, they're going to be hard to score on. And we saw that last night. Um, now, can the Lakers continue to shoot 53%? They shot 43% from three, which is – that's not going right. to happen. And then they shot 87% from the free throw line. So, you know, we'll see. But I tell you what, this is finally starting to look like a supporting cast that an older LeBron James needs. Playmakers, guys who can shoot it like Hachimura, Reeves, uh, Troy Brown. So, you know, the Lakers are intriguing. They're a public team, as you know, Jimmy, uh, as public team as we have. And so we'll see what the betting pub- public does with them. Well, the uh, odds have flipped in that series. They go from underdog to minus 250 uh, for the seven-game series. Uh, now Memphis is 1-228 at Bet Rivers uh, for game two on Wednesday night. You don't have to convince me about the importance uh, in the impact of Anthony Davis just being on the floor. Reeves and Achimura don't get those open looks if he's not on the floor. It's just that simple. And I could not believe... 
I, Van Gundy, and I know sometimes he says some things just for shock value. I get it. But, I mean, he's a basketball lifer. He's got pedigree. And for him to say, well, I just got to live, live with uh, Reeves, uh, you know, beating me. No. Uh, recognize the flow of the game. I mean, a shooter is hot. You ride him. And I got LeBron fatigue, too. But, damn it, he's smart enough to <laughs> – Hey, man, keep feeding Achimura when he's hot. And then Reeves in the fourth quarter, I mean, give him the ball. I mean, until he cools off. I mean, it's, I mean, you, 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 I mean, you search for those stretches where you got that red hot shooter. And I thought it was um, a bit, um, a pretty damn good basketball IQ by LeBron, who runs that team in the game to kind of, to kind of continue to ride those role players when they're damn hot. Well, and you have to give him credit, Jimmy, because to let Austin Reeves essentially close that game, because that's what he did, nine straight points to, 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 to close them out, that's a lot of trust from a guy who's been around a long time and has an ego, but Reeves was killing Memphis, and his matchups were great. He is a playmaker. Uh, he's, got, he's, he's got great pick-and-pop ability, and he's really meshing nicely you know, with this group. Now, Let's see later in the playoffs. I won't be surprised if you and I come back and say that the same cannot be said for D'Angelo Russell. So I'm still leery of him costing them a game because of that exact same scenario where it's like, no, no, let me close it. I'm not sure LeBron allows that. But yesterday he did with Reeves, so um, credit. And they they fed Rui Hachimura. Uh, who's five for six from behind the three-point line. So, flow of the game. Well, when when, when Davis went out in the second quarter, uh, the Lakers are up about five or six, uh, and Memphis closes out. And, I mean, it was just – it was – I mean, they go to the locker room at half with a six-point lead, does Memphis. So, they completely turned it around. They needed him to get in the game. But I would be interested to know the message at uh, in the locker room at half. is like – Okay, he's going to try and play through some pain. We might give him a little shot or whatever. He might. They definitely did not ride him, didn't run the offense uh, through him as much. But we need some other guys to step up, and they did. So it's cliche, but no, man. It, you, it, it, we've all played a little basketball. Man, when you're feeling it, give me the rock. I mean, give me and let me shoot. So, But that line was four. And then right before tip at 3 o'clock Eastern on Sunday – Late Memphis action. It went to five everywhere, five, five and a half, five most places, five and a half at some places. Now Memphis is just a one point favor, two twenty eight. I got to think that's with the John ja Morant concerns as well. But um, I kind of like Memphis uh, in the bounce back spot uh, on Wednesday night. Well, it's a must win. You can't lose two in the grindhouse. Head back to Los Angeles with a Laker team feeling it. I mean, so this is a must-win for for Memphis. They lose this one, and they're they're going to get swept. All right. So I, I I would agree with you. All right. As far as the series prices with the Philly Philly and the Nets, Boston, Atlanta, and Denver, Minnesota. Mm, I mean, you know, those are kind of out, out of control right now with the home team taking it, uh, you know, covering as well pretty easily. But the game of the weekend had to be Golden State and Sacramento. And 95% of sound bites are completely garbage, useless. Those in-game interviews, and then you get a little nugget. Mike Brown saying, hey, no, we need to keep – we want to go faster and faster and faster and not allow them to set up their defense. How can it not go over the total when you play in that type of pace? What an environment in uh, in Sacramento. Golden State was – Sacramento was a one-point favorite, and it was 
I mean, it was a 50-50 game, let's face it. But Golden State in game two, one and a half, 241. And I can tell you this, the public uh, tonight is going to be on Golden State in a bounce-back spot. Still, the series price has Golden State minus 152, sack plus 125 at Bet Rivers right now. thing that I look at, though, Sacramento started 0 for their first 15 from three and still won. I go back to that Sweet 16 matchup. Remember when Lonzo Ball was considered as the number one pick and Markel Fultz just got ahead of him? Sweet 16 game, De'Aaron Fox dropped 39 on um, on Lonzo Ball in a Sweet 16 and a Kentucky 11-point win in that one. He is fun to watch, That this Sacramento, this number three seed. Your thoughts in a bounce-back spot. Golden State will be public tonight. They will. Jimmy, I think they have the same problem I mentioned to you last week on, on the pod. Look, at this age and where that group is with Golden State, especially in the playoffs, you're playing five on four offensively, meaning they're begging Draymond Green to shoot at any level, uh, specifically with length. So that makes it a lot harder for you know, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry less because Steph can get his shot. That makes it harder on the other guys. So I, you know, Mike Brown knows this. And if you look at the box score two, two days ago, yes, De'Aaron Fox had a great game, but you know, and yes, I think it was a bit of an outlier when you get 32 points from Malik Monk off their bench. But to your point, they did not start off well. You could see some playoff rust, some playoff nerves. So Sacramento can play better, and they're going to try to outscore them. They're fine if the game's in the 130s. So I look for the Sacramento defensive game plan to be pretty sound, which is, hey, Draymond, you have as many shots as you want. If he makes them, fine. The hat. If not, they really tighten up on those other four Golden State players. So this is a little reminiscent, Jimmy, of the champ stumbling a little bit in the center field. What do they have left? Boy, Sacramento's got a lot of juice. That's the best home court in the league by far. It's not close. Like the Kings. <laughs> um, so, so I actually like the Kings. I, I, I think, again, Sabonis can play better. He was only 5 of 17. He's underrated. Uh, get, they, they probably can get a better game from Murray. So I, I I think I think they got a B minus effort from the Kings and the Kings still yeah. won game one. So I like Yeah, the Kings. again, oh for their first team, uh, first fifteen from three. Sabonis had a very slow start. A lot of first timers uh in the uh in the playoffs uh in that game one and they still managed. And keep in mind Golden State will be public again. Wait late on this one because uh, the Golden State money will come in. I think you might get uh, two, two and a half uh, on that one uh, closer to tip off. Philadelphia in the Nets, no opinion on that one. Uh, although uh, in game one, it was eight and a half. They moved it up to 10. Uh, Philly shot very shot the ball very well. But the thing that I look at that's sustainable is 75% of their buckets were off assists. For a ball-dominant James Harden, that's ball movement. I mean, that's something. That, and if this is a Netflix series, can we fast forward it to the Boston Philly series? I mean, these these two <laughs> series, um, Boston, Atlanta. I do like Boston to come back again. That was crazy how Atlanta had a chance to backdoor it at the end. But Boston, much the best in that one. The middle game on Tuesday, uh, Henry, this is a great game one. It was predictably very, uh, very competitive. Cleveland in game two. Five and two thirteen right now. Bet Rivers over the Knicks. The Knicks have flipped to the favorite now in series favorite at minus one forty three. Yeah, Knicks are tricky. You know, this is a scrappy Knicks team that doesn't really get a lot of headlines, despite the fact that they play in New York City. Um, no real superstar on this team, but they they grind 
And that was a big win for them. And again, Jimmy only shot at 28% from behind three-point line. So that can, can and should get a lot better. Uh, normally, it quickly is great for them off the bench. Didn't give them much. So I, 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 the Knicks are going to make you earn it on defense. And um, that's why I kind of I favor the Knicks in game two. Again, really? okay. it, it, well, you, you would think Cleveland, but the Knicks aren't going to give them anything. And I think they can shoot a lot better than 8 of 29 from behind three-point line. So I like the Knicks. Uh, in, in Thibodeau postgame talked about how, you know, in a load management era, I mean, Julius Randle's playing. He's playing games, and he was he was just fine. Got some up. The thing that uh, you say, no superstars, but I thought down the stretch, uh, uh, Brunson was unstoppable. Now, come on, Cleveland. Yeah. Can you make him go to his uh, his offhand? Can you can you can you stop him from going to his left? I mean, this is this is U ten coaching here. I mean, how many times do you have to see him go to his left, throw it off the glass, a little runner? Um, I mean, they're very comfortable down the stretch, half court set, Brunson creating, and uh, you know it was in the postseason last year, waiting on Luca to get healthy, where Brunson made all his money. Well, and this is why they got him, and this is why they gave him all that money to come to Madison Square Garden in the spring to make plays in the playoffs. So he's doing that, and uh, so far so good on that signing. He's played really, really well, um, and you know he's, he's proving that it was worth it. Phoenix and the Clippers, a late game on Tuesday night. All of a sudden, tons of intrigue. The line is still the same. Phoenix 7.5, 225.5. Kawhi, well... Kawhi knows how to kind of coast. He was with the Spurs. He knows to strategically and not just be a prima donna with load management. He is he was phenomenal. I mean, that was unbelievable. And then Phoenix comes from behind and takes that eight point lead uh, in the middle of the second half. And man, Clips never flinched and uh, and went a big one uh, at Phoenix in Game One. And the big the, we talked about it before. Phoenix they, they haven't played together. I mean, where is their continuity right now? And also, Henry, you made a good point. They're targeting Chris uh, Chris Paul defensively uh, down the stretch for some key baskets. Yeah, if you just look, the, the I'll tell you, Jimmy, he doesn't look the same. He's he, his East West movement is just not there, and you know he, he's he's shorter anyway, <laughs> and so at him. But Jimmy, is there an NBA player in the league who could go three of nineteen? And, and we say he played well. That's Russell Westbrook. Uh, you have to give Westbrook credit for hounding Kevin Durant and at least not stopping him, but at least making his life difficult. And he did because Durant turned it over. Um, you know, he, just, he, made, he made life harder for KD, made that, you know, that, that 27 he got difficult. And so you have to give it to, to Russell Westbrook. But, you know, Kawhi, Jimmy, it's what's great about the league and what's really frustrating. He can look that good, and then if you're a Clipper fan, go, where you know, we didn't see him this this really this year. I mean, and when he did play, it wasn't like that. So it, it's a subtle problem the league has where guys like this just turn it on. And I understand the body just simply can't hold up. But when a guy like that, if you never watch basketball, you say this is the best player on the floor. It's not close, right? And and Kawhi's kind of an afterthought because he just doesn't play that much anymore. But, boy, he dominated that game last night. Milwaukee and Miami, the first game on Wednesday. And what I think I'm pretty damn sure about 
is my what is not sustainable and what I like to try and read as far as game uh, from one game to the next. Miami shot 60% from two, 60% from three. Okay, that's not happening. Again, you had the end season, <laughs> I mean, the end game uh, loss of Giannis and that team. I'm sorry, they, it took them maybe a quarter to try and adjust and get going. Uh, without him. We'll have to see about his availability, but I like Milwaukee in a big bounce back spot. Friday night, Friday night, Miami was very fortunate. Uh, Bam and Jimmy Butler could not hit anything minus at the rim, and they still found a way to win. I think they closed the game out on a 14-1 to uh, run against the Chicago Bulls. They were facing elimination right there. They're not going to shoot 60%. Again, I think Milwaukee had a short number right now. I'm all over the Bucks in a bounce back spot minus six. Especially Jimmy, no Tyler Hero. He'll be out for the rest of the playoffs with a broken hand, which is unfortunate for them. You know, I think Kevin Love gave him a little blip there that they won't get again. Um, now, to your point though, Jimmy Butler, playoff Jimmy Butler does scare a lot of folks, and, and justifiably so, because he's another guy that you kind of forget about during the regular season. You know, they, they weren't great this year, but all of a sudden, pops 35 and 11 assists. As he goes, so goes that team. But, yeah, look, 60% from behind three, not sustainable. Um, Lopez could play a lot better for Milwaukee. Middleton kind of carried them in that game. But I expect, to your point, big bounce back for Milwaukee. How about this, Jimmy? Seven on the Heat roster, seven players undrafted. High high in the league, and they're, they're a playoff team, which tells you what Spolstra and Pat Riley have been able to do with that roster. But seven guys undrafted. Well, I'm glad I got down on it this morning at uh, minus six because it's already up to seven and a half as we uh, as we do this podcast, uh, you know, on Monday morning. So, I mean, already probably some confidence that Giannis will return uh, as well with that adjustment as well because I wouldn't think that there's that much <clears throat> that's much smart movement uh, on it uh, early. So Denver uh, against Minnesota. Minnesota's dangerous and I thought I thought they were ready to be very competitive and then boom, Denver just runs out. Tough spot for Minnesota. Late game on Friday night, come back on Sunday and try and play the I mean on so I, I get that maybe a little fatigue, but Carl Anthony Towns is not a it's not a consistent he's a his potential is out the roof. A big guy can do what he does and shoot so well from the floor and from the free throw line, but you never know when he's going to show up and when he doesn't. But Denver, the number one seed, who is not the favorite when these playoffs were set to come out of the West, they were co-second choice. They look very good uh, in game one. Well, don't forget, Jimmy, you got the two-time MVP and Nikola Jokic. This is a team in Denver that has – a pretty hefty amount of pressure, and they know it, on their shoulders. This group's been together. They've spent money doubling down on guys like Gordon and, and Porter Jr. Uh, Caldwell Pope got back. You know, he got big money. So this team needs to win, and that was a that was a professional veteran's effort that you saw. I expect them to sweep Minnesota, uh, and I expect uh, Denver, to frankly, to walk to the Western Conference Finals. And uh, so <clears throat> I would, I would kind of – Kind of staying away from this one, but would kind of you know the teams that won and covered minus Philadelphia and the Nets. I think the Nets can kind of hang around uh, with that uh, Philly. I was impressed with the ball movement by Philadelphia. I don't think that level of shooting is sustainable. Uh, also, they seem like they hit everything 
in that one. But um, Denver, I would think that uh, look for a repeat performance uh, in game two if I had to bet it. The game that I like a little bit more, again, the last one on Wednesday, is Memphis in a bounce-back spot. We do see these veteran clubs also kind of exhale after they get that road split, which the Lakers did uh, in game one. That's right. And I think that some of these, Jimmy, you could see, if you watch closely, you could tell which teams kind of want to head to Cabo and which teams are, are digging in to try to advance. And I think there is a difference. And I, I think you nailed it with this, with this Minnesota team. I've always said, when Carl Anthony Towns is your leader, you got a problem. If right. he's the guy you're uh, putting big money in, it's just, you know, you can only go so far. Edwards is too young still. Now, he's going to be a great player in this league, but too young. Yeah, I mean, uh, Edwards, uh, you, you like the <laughs> you like the comments from him as far as load management, his, uh, you know, his willingness to pay to try and give back uh, some of the fans what they want to hear. So that's more than refreshing uh, right now. But, um, yeah, Towns is he's so dangerous, man. He's so good. And in that Gobert trade, they're a little further away from Rudy Gobert from putting him over the top as being a serious contender, having to play their way in through the uh, the play-in. So Memphis in a bounce-back spot. Henry, Henry, any of these in-series prices for the for the series or to win the conference or the finals, any overreaction or maybe, hey, I saw something in game one that may, may give this team a, a, a chance? Well, I think, look, in the, in the NBA playoffs after game one, public teams always jump to the four. You got to be leery of the Lakers simply because, look, like I said, do you get 53 again from Reeves and Hachimura in any single game left? Probably not. Um, now, LeBron and, and AD scored in the 40s. They could right. probably do a little bit better. Um, just be careful there. I, I think that price is indicative of the public. So, you know, I'm, I'm a little leery. I tell you, I think the Clippers might – that might be just enough, Jimmy, of the Suns not playing enough together and Kawhi being just good enough. That's the one I think that is – there's still some value there because everyone loves Kevin Durant and, you know, the coming a public team. So I still think the Clippers are a value. Yeah, plus $1.50 uh, with that 1-0 lead. And, yeah. uh, no, it's um, – it's very – I was surprised that Phoenix was still a 186 uh, favorite. But it tells you that the betting public, the market is really big on Phoenix with that little uh, little time to create some continuity. And keep in mind, you know, I'm watching Mikel Bridges, you know, put, put, you know, have some nice games. Cam Johnson, you know, has – they, they lost some pieces. They lost their depth uh, in acquiring Kevin Durant as well. KD's KD. He's phenomenal. But – I, I didn't see a fluke because the Clippers were in control for most of that game, game one on Sunday night. Yeah, and the, one, the other one, Jimmy, is I think the most interesting question the playoffs is when will the bubble pop that is Golden State? Yep. I mean, these guys have been together for since 2013. That's a long time. And we know that Clay wasn't normal Clay Thompson. And we know that, you know, look, Steph Curry's still great. He can get a shot. He's a, he's a nightmare to match. But Draymond Green is essentially not playing offense. So I what I, t- I think we'll know everything we need to know. In fact, if I'm your if you're I'm your buddy betting public, watch the first half line tonight or in in game 2 uh for uh, uh Sacramento and Golden State. 
because I think you'll know everything you need to know. I, I like uh, both of those series. So the Clippers at a plus a plus price and Sacramento, both at one zero leads at plus prices. At Bet River, Sacramento is plus one twenty five after winning that game one. So there you go. We're ready uh, for the second game. Then keep in mind, last year Minnesota went to Memphis and drilled them in game one before they lost that series. So they, you don't want to overreact to a game one, but you also want to recognize a matchup and which we saw in this one. So that Golden State team is going one thing Sacramento is not going to do. They're not going to slow it down. That's so interesting. Mike, Mike Brown is a Cleveland coach was slow it half court, walk it up mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Say, so, hey, give him some credit that he is adjusted to this new style of play and also his current roster. He's done a hell of a job uh, with the Kings team this year. For Henry, what's that, Henry? Go ahead. Well, he's, yeah. he's just got one of the best players that casual fans know nothing about in De'Aaron Fox. Because he's in Sacramento, which is the Siberia of the NBA, De'Aaron Fox can play. <laughs> and he, you know, it's funny, Jimmy, these, these Kentucky guards – De'Aaron Fox there, Shea Gilgis-Alexander in OKC, kind of these remote NBA outposts. But in terms of good young players, there's you'd be hard-pressed to find better guards. That Kentucky team uh, had him and Malik Monk, who's now on it, and lost the Elite Eight in a heartbreaker yeah. to North Carolina, who won it all. And then also Bam Adebayo uh, was on that team. Uh, for Kentucky when they lost a, a, a classic game against North Carolina in the Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, for Henry Hayes, I'm Jimmy Odd here talking some NBA on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.